Podcast. Take a producer, take a director, have a writer, and have a technology side for people all starting, all working on the project from the get-go because each have a different input to what the final piece could be and maybe even should be. We need to talk about songs. Somebody has to make Hi, this is Bob Ost. I'm introducing our panel today. Today is April 8th. It's the True Community Gathering. Many of you know the, know the routine by now. We've been doing this since April 17th. This actually is the 100th consecutive community gathering since April 17th, 2020. So well, wish us a happy 100th anniversary, everyone. And today... We're going to be talking to some of the people that are near and dear to my heart. These are people that helped us make our annual benefit happen this year. Last year, we had to face the prospect of doing a a virtual benefit, which I just had never, never imagined doing in my life. But we figured it out. We put together the, the pieces of uh, of a of a of a program for the for an evening. Uh, I decided that we had to do something different since we weren't serving undercooked chicken and, and wine and cocktail hours and all that sort of stuff. I decided that we had to do something that would that would be as exciting as a meal at Caroline's Comedy Club would be. So we have been doing something called True Speak, where we solicit uh, submissions from writers of short pieces that are about current issues that really are important to, to the writers. And then we go through all of the submissions and then we came down with, came up last, last year, we came up came up with an evening of six pieces. And then uh, this year we actually found seven pieces. Some of them were created by the people that you see in the room today. I have two, two of the directors and two of the tech people here, here, to, here today. So I'm gonna introduce you to my guests today. I'm gonna start with Eben, because Eben kind of was the associate, the executive producer with me, Eben and, and Janelle Scarborough. It just wouldn't have happened without, without, without her. It, even tell us what the executive, what the technical director of the event had to do, and don't spare um, any of the gory details. <laughs> uh, there are things that we cannot say in public. <laughs> <laughs> but but generally speaking, first of all, we we had to make sure that our directors knew what they were up against and why we wanted to repeat the very successful first year we had with True Speak, which was basically take a producer, take a director, have a writer and have a technology side for people all starting, all working on the project from the get-go because each have a different input to what the final piece could be and maybe even should be. And, and we had to match them up. We had to make sure that the, the team gelled and worked together. So the, the whole thing stemmed from, we, we, were, we were in shutdown. We, you know, we're, everybody was doing Zoom readings. We were kind of examining the Zoom readings. Some of them were more successful than others. One thing that we had concluded after a year of, of, of Zoom readings was that it, it, it might be nice to do something more than talking heads and frames. That that was kind of the 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 base baseline that we started with. Can we go beyond talking heads in frames? And immediately, my first one of the first decisions I made last year when we decided to do this was, 
I ain't trying this without, without technologists. I'm just not going to even try it. So we were, we reached out and Carly, I found, I found you randomly, didn't I? I found you randomly on the internet. Do you remember? I was, I came to the true speak or I came to true. And then I think I emailed you because there was a little talk about video in the room. And I was like, I do video. I did a virtual production and I sent it to you and you were like, okay, you're going to work here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And even I'm trying to remember how I, I, I guess that from the beginning, I knew that you, that you, you did tech, right? Yes, I think you did. But at the time you did not know how much. <laughs> um, I didn't know how much was how much. <laughs> I didn't know anything. Right. So I, I introduced myself as, as a video maker and editor. But the fact that I have worked all across the board for almost every single technical thing, as well as as a dramaturg on other pieces in live theater and so on, um, you did not know at the beginning. Well, I want to just say- You do this. now. <laughs> oh, I do now. I'm in spades, I know. Really? Wow. I, I, right. didn't, I didn't know. I knew enough to know that I couldn't imagine that I would successfully able to be able to do this without having a strong technical support. Also, another thing that, that I want to actually mention, because so, some other people may have gone through this as well, I was attached to the idea of live, of things being live. If I was going to take a live benefit that I'd been doing in Caroline's or Sardi's or Lucky Chang's one year, if I was going to take a live benefit, I wanted to bring it to, to the virtual world with a sense of it, with it having some elements that felt live as well. And it was Jim Kirsted, honestly, who had a conversation with me about the fact that live is very nice, except that so many things can go wrong on virtual. And he, he said that I should record everything. I came to a compromise on that. We recorded almost everything, but I wanted to have live elements in the event just to give a sense of, of presence to, to the people that were attending so that, there would, so that there would be a reason for them to attend the opening performance rather than stream it on demand four days after, after it. I wanted something to be there that would be engaging and live and have that feeling to it. So the only things that I wanted being live were my, my speech. And what else did we do live? Well, I mean, we had a all the pres presentations, all the intros of each yeah, of the plays yeah. done live. But I mean, you see this gray hair? That, that yeah. started last year during Trispy One. <laughs> <laughs> because you kept coming up with all these great ideas and like, okay, Bob, I hear what you're saying, but we are running out of time. And some of this we really need to think about. So we, we spent a long time figuring out how we could do it. But once we had the formula, which was that we have a, all the, the plays recorded and edited post, then we have as many live introductions as we possibly can. And we try to recreate the club feel with the voiceovers, which- Basically what we did, we had, I had, I wrote introductions for all of the pieces of the benefit and they were done. Everybody said, what do you want on screen? I said, I want nothing. I want a blackout. <laughs> I want a voice in the dark. Like you would have a, a voice in the theater when you're sitting in a dark theater. So that was another thing that we tried to do that would create the illusion of it being a live live performance. But the thing I want to go back to, to Jim Kirstead, basically it was, he said that just too many things can go wrong. Your, the Wi-Fi can drop out. There's lag, there's latency, there's, I don't know, there's a, probably a couple other L words that I don't know. But he's begged me, he said, you have to, you have to record things. So he finally got me to, to accept that. And as a live theater guy, accepting recorded material in video land was was 
was difficult for me. I, 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 it was a real change. It was real a leap, a, a leap of faith for me. So that, that, that's kind of the background that I wanted to give everybody because I think everybody still goes through these conversations. Let's see. We got, so what happened with us is we solicited the scripts. We got 100 and how many did we get? 130. This year it was 130. 100, oh, it's more than, actually more than 130 scripts. We had them read and we, we, we were determined to get it down to 12 semifinalists. We could only get it down to 27 semifinalists because everything was so good. And it was very difficult paring it down and getting seven pieces that we thought were not only, not necessarily the best, but seven terrific pieces that would work well together. That was also, a, there was programming involved in this as well. And then there was also the whole, this is where I introduced the directors. You see, I've got this plan here. This, all, the, this whole thing where the directors were going to read the finalists and pick the ones that they wanted to do. So that brings me to, let's, let's, let's do ladies first. Andrea, did I, give, did I give you a bunch of plays to read? Did, or did, did I just say, do this one? I think I gave you a bunch. Yes, you did. And then I chose one. And then you were like, oh, no, that's taken by Bob Cuccio. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Bob Cuccioli was he jumped right in yeah. early and said I want to do this piece it's like okay it's Bob Cuccioli sure I had connected to it because I did a couple of South Asian hate fundraisers that it had a kind of Asian hate theme so and then I was out I was out you were like oh sorry no space for you and then Mary Davis really liked Slave Trade. And then you're like, hey, there's, there, there's one. Okay, so, so, so this, so this is this like a full disclosure moment. So it's, um, oh, I'm completely transparent. That's my style. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay, so I'll be transparent you. with you. We had, we had, <laughs> I, had, I had planned on doing six pieces because right. I was concerned about the, the timing on it. At that point, we were talking about possibly honoring somebody and we were also talking about van dirk fisher who had died in September, right. uh, october he had directed a piece for us last year he was very near and dear to us and we wanted to remember him so there were all these other elements and i thought six was about as many as we could probably handle and then my selection committee <laughs> fought very hard to get slave trade in and we're, I'm, obviously i'm glad that we did it because slave trade was was a terrific piece and and I asked you if you were interested in directing it and you jumped, you jumped on it. So that all yeah. worked out very well. I, I'm so glad I did because it was a really different process for me and so creatively rewarding. And I re really, it was a, a good fit because as a choreographer, I, I edit my own choreography reels now and I really want to get more and more into film. So working with Carly and Joe on all the camera angles and how we could tell the story it, because a lot of it was about power and and the shift, you know. So we talked dramaturgically about about that when that happened. Janelle helped us also with with exactly when the, the power dynamics were shifting, and then Carly and Joe and I talked about well, how are we going to see that visually? So we thought about how Alexa is going to. If you haven't seen it, it's about an Alexa device who's being abused, and then she she ends up they end up switching. And that, that was the other thing too. The ending was something that came out of our collaboration. 
Then it was well, totally let's let's take it let's take it a step backward because I, I want to try to first of, all, first of all I want I want to ask Joe Joe Nelms whether he would mind coming into the conversation since you were you were the editor for for this piece let's see if he shows up or not there he is so you were the editor for the piece so let's start let's start from script to concept for slave trade Mary, Mary Davis was very much guiding this process because she loved that piece and she 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 desperately dearly dearly wanted it and i i actually wanted it in two it's just that i didn't i was i was afraid of seven pieces so i hesitated but this was a script if anybody who didn't see it it's a two character play it's it's actually one character and one one off stage voice it's the voice of alexa and the character is a businessman uh, kind of an, an unlikable guy who's kind of rude and demanding and he demands a little bit too much of Alexa and he gets surprised. So it was, James is going to be on with us in April 20, 29th, I think it is, or 34, I don't know when it is, the end of April. The show was not, the play was not conceived of for, for virtual. And yet it seemed like a natural piece for virtual. It just, it seemed to be so, just, just, just right for it. So Andrea, when you so, first read it, did you have specific ideas about how to film it or were you hoping that you were going to have a, somebody to hold your hand and, and guide you on this? Well, it was like a, a nut that had to be cracked open. And then when it did, then so we had to really brainstorm with the, the writer about seeing it as a film. I mean, the way the switch had to be made from it being a play that was being filmed and being a film, which it was a film because because of you know we were in there with the camera and the, the actor was holding the camera and having point of view so it wasn't just something that was happening that was being filmed once once everybody got excited about the the way that we could use film to tell the story and all the possibilities then it then all the ideas started flowing but there was that that initial switch that we had to make that you know it was like you said going from live to to virtual and the interesting thing is yeah. anybody who saw slave trade probably can't imagine how you would do it on stage do you i i know it i know it can be done and also we should also mention that the the ending the ending was was something a specific problem that had to be solved the ending was using a song that uh, that we didn't have the rights to and in spite of people arguing well it's it's only going to be two measures certainly we can use that the the truth of the matter is you can't you have to get the rights to use use a song even if it's even it's if it's one measure of a song so you actually somebody must have held ian's hand and and helped him rethink the ending how did that happen well, it was all about power dynamics and it was in the room and we were saying, well, it's really like, like, what if they switch places? What if, what if Alexa now is, is in control? Because really that's what was happening in his ending. She was making him sing respect. So she was taking control and she's taking control slowly. So I, I don't know if it was, I think it might've been me that said, well, what if they switched? And now 
now, now we see it. We also wanted to see Brenda Braxton. So that was part of, you know, that was- <laughs> You don't cast was, Brenda Braxton and keep her off right, stage. <laughs> right, you know, it was like, we, we want to see her. So that was the impetus for it, but it also made sense dramaturgically that, that now she's in the power seat. And I had this image, I watched, I watched Succession and there was an opening shot of like the back of the chair, you know, uh, like the executive chair, the power chairs. So we started with that with Bob and then we ended, the ending was that she was in the chair and it was, we tried to do a slow reveal, you know, so we just see the back of her head and then we see she's, she's, she's planning a vacation that Bob's going to be paying for and she's putting on nail polish, you know, and then she turns and we get to see her. And then not, and not me, Bob. Her. This is the character's name was Bob. Yeah, right, anybody right. who's confused. <laughs> and then somewhere along the line, we thought, well, uh, during the credits, you know, we could show her on vacation. And she had this great video of her literally like holding a martini glass in the waves, you know, in some tropical island. So she she sent that to us. Well, I, I basically I want to commend you on using the you use the medium as well as it possibly could be used for that play. And, you know, kudos to you for that. Carly, when did you come on board? Because you were the director of photography. Yeah, I think they were already, y'all were already meeting before I came on board, right? I think even and Joe were responsible for pulling me in. This is yes. No, it was Mary. <laughs> Mary had seen the, the benefit last year, the gala last year. She, um, I Mary told me, Mary took credit for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she should like, because I mean she she reeled her in but Mary yeah. contacted me first and asked so I want you and I said sorry this year I'm not going to do any work apart from the benefit itself I'm not going to work on any plays so she was like oh what then and I said well Mary I would recommend that you reach out to Carly because I know she's phenomenal and you would have you know you know, she did Game Boy last year and she's like, oh, I now I remember. And then she, and here's the information here, how you get a hold of Carly. So within a day or two, I think Carly was all trussed up and signed up, right, Carly? <laughs> yeah, I was told she doesn't take no for an answer. So I said, I guess, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess I'm on board. <laughs> So let, 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 another another conversation that 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 is I've had to had have over the past two years is what do we call technical people that are working on these things? And I fell in love with the word technologist. And from the from the beginning, I kept talking about technologists, technologists, technologists. Turns out that technologists don't like to be called technologists. They, <laughs> they want to be called director of photography and film editor. That depends on what it is that you're doing. Yeah. Well, a technologist it's, was an all-encompassing term that I thought exactly. really, it just it, covered the it, whole- It covers everything. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you look at it from a programming point of view, if you have three technologists on one piece and only one on the other, you don't really understand what each of them did. So that's why I decided when I had to do some quick tap dancing as the technical director and executive producer of this and all the teams, many of the teams, not all of them, many of the teams kept losing their technologists. So it's like, okay, we need to figure out how we can then pull people in. And we had projects like Glenn's project that lost their technologist and you know, never really had someone who could do for director of photography while that happened. I was stepped 
basically pulled in in the middle of that and we had this to is just to let everybody know that things did not go smoothly for the benefit no <laughs> but we managed to pull it so, off so that's how technology depend you know technology is just fit into the normal understanding of what actually needs to be done so sometimes you need to as a technologist for work as a director of photography which i know carly is brilliant at she's also a brilliant editor but then someone else who's not here today who should have been here katie <laughs> said i need carly i worked with her last year i need her and i cannot do my piece without her so <laughs> this one here puts a thinking head on thinking, okay, if I can back directory of photography it's up front and kind of planning as well and executing and editing, it can be done after the fact, once you've been given good enough footage, that kind of thing. So I, for some of the teams, I basically had to split it up. And that's why we had Slave Train being so brilliantly super stacked with both an excellent director of photography and a superb editor and your So let's let's go to that. Actually, Carly, I'm going to have you uh, do double duty and, and talk about working as a director of photography with Katie and working with as director of photography with with Andrea. What the differences were, how your job changed, what you did. People, people, you know, we're we're, we're theater people. We don't think of director of photography. We don't you may be basic about it. Talk about placing somebody in a frame. Talk about lighting the frame. Talk about all the things that have to happen so that people can understand what they need to do if they're gonna do this. Gosh, okay. Yeah, so the two different processes for anti-vaxxers and slave trade were really, really different. Working on slave trade, we worked really, we worked together to come up with how we were gonna use the language of film. So this is what Andrea was talking about with like, you know, power and trying to show that. We came up with basically a list of shots and Joe and I were able to work together to also say, like, what do you need to make this happen? Like, what kind of shots do you need from me? That way you're fully covered. So, like, okay, we always need, like, inserts of Alexa because every time we hear her talk, we just want to, like, just see her. And then you can just use that one shot again and again. So kind of coming up with a strategy for what we were going to do when we got into the room, we were actually really lucky to be able to film with Bruce and with Brenda. So that was a lot easier. Last year it was, like, filming remotely like completely on a computer saying set up the camera the actor did it all by themselves so being able to be in the room was a lot easier like i am a video person so being able to operate the camera myself was like made it just a thousand times easier and yeah and we also didn't have that much time like when you shoot a film thing you're shooting for days and days we were going in for like four hours so it's also kind of saying with the time we have with the constraints we have with using an iphone how are we going to do this? So there was like practical considerations as well as artistic considerations there. And then for working with Katie on anti-vaxxers, I was not going to be in the room. Katie was going to be in the room with the actress, Vianne Cox. And so there it was more me coming up with, with Katie. She knew what she wanted really clearly, but figuring out how we were going to shoot it, how we were going to make it like work within the time frame. So I felt like that one was basically logistical honestly like coming up with a schedule and coming up with like okay you can shoot this whole section in one chunk you need two different angles okay this shot you only need one angle so more of just like a list of things that she was going to do in the room and then i was on zoom talking her through it going like make sure you get that shot if you don't get that you're going to have you're not going to have what you need so yeah very different processes one i felt like was more hands-on and one was just more like i'm you know, logically, logistically on the other end of the computer, kind of like directing the sh directing, not directing, 
not directing the actor, but directing like how the shots were going to happen. So Jill, that- from your, your, your perspective, she, Carly indicated that you were involved with the directing, you were involved supporting her as director of photography from the start because you were telling her the shots that you thought you would, you would need as the editor. So sort of pull those two pieces apart and, and, and let us look at them individually. Wait, which two pieces? Yeah, we, we sorry. The, the director of photography and setting up the shots and what you need, the, the thought process that you go through as the film editor when you're looking ahead at what you're going to need. Carly had a pretty fully realized vision for the shots she needed. And I just kind of double checked with uh, stuff I knew that I would need. As an editor, you always want to have coverage, you want to have options, you know, so that you can, you can, increase or decrease pace and, and build tension or release it, you know, so you want to want to be able to sort of play all those different, they're like notes on the keyboard, you know, you want to, you want your, your options. Otherwise you're just stuck with stuff that you, you, you know, aren't with a flow that you, you, you don't love. So that's, that's really what we talked about, but she had, a, she had a pretty good, she kind of knew what she wanted. And I, I just asked questions like, you're going to get coverage of Alexa, right? Oh yes. And then we talked about maybe how we would build that tension throughout the story, right? So maybe some of the shots, we would start out with a wider shot and get closer and closer on Alexa to kind of indicate that she's getting mad or, and then maybe once, you know, there's a certain turn in the story, we go from from shooting, you know, like mid-level to looking up at her. So she looks a little bit formidable or put her in the foreground. So she's more of a presence, you know, and encroaching on Bob's space, that kind of thing. So that was that was the collaboration right there. Yeah, we tried to give Joe all the tools he would need to like shape and massage the story into what like the pace that he needed. So just making sure. And I'm an editor myself, so I feel like it made the collaboration easier because I knew what I would need if I was editing it. So we were able to work pretty pretty easily together to come up with it. Okay, so we're gonna move to, we're gonna move to Glenn. There's there's a lot more I want to know from from everybody, and also everybody in the room. Please ask questions, put questions in, in the chat and, and Connor, keep an eye on the chat for me. I like these to be conversations, just a reminder to everybody. Glenn, yours is a different situation. You, we tried, but we didn't necessarily have a tech person with you from the start, but you had experience because you'd done the, done one of the plays last year. That, that, that served you, that helped you, right? Oh, absolutely. Last year I, I had Eben as my technologist and she held my hand all the way. And, and whatever I, I needed, she was there. I could ask her questions, whether it was about green st- screen and if this was gonna work, if that was gonna work. And, and she gave me all of that. And having worked in television for years kind of helped out too. I mean, I was not a TV director, I was special effects director, but we shot lots and lots of remotes and skits and stuff. So, so I observed how a lot of that stuff was done. So this time around for Obstacle, I didn't have a technologist. There was one moment where I definitely needed one and I texted uh, even like a madman, you get in touch with me now. And, and she did. And she, she came through and helped me with that one shot. And that was, that was pretty much it. And, and once we got everything on, on tape on the iPhone and with this, the, and the most important thing I think uh, for the way we did both of our films was being able to send people green screens so that we could put the actors where we wanted to put the actors or locations or scenery or whatever. And, and then that's where a lot of the magic and editing comes together is once we put them where we want them to be. And in, ob- in 
out of order, we had three separate bed, we had two different bedrooms and, and, a, and sort of like a living room. And with three actresses in different places, one was in Malibu, I think, one was in Connecticut and one was in Detroit. And we were able to- one, and, one were, and one was Billie Eilish's mother. One in Malibu, I guess you guessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maggie. Yeah. And she was great and just easy to work with. And, and then once we got those things together, it got down to, it came down with for last year, Even and I just trying to bounce them off of one another so it sounded like one fluid conversation. And in Obstacle, we put Danny Bolero's character in an old-fashioned interrogation room, the kind with the, the light above his head because we wanted to be shining down on him with a black background because we we just decided to do it in black and white. And and not having even hurt, but then Jens, her husband, was able to edit for me, and he and I had the same sort of relationship. He kind of, some a lot of times he was a little ahead of me. He saw where I was going. And he would suggest something. How about this? And that's exactly what I'm thinking. So it, it, it's the relationship is what makes it fun. And and so we were also we had time constraints because we only had we we did it all in one shot on obstacle. And I really wanted to get a whole another set of shots. But Danny was about to go into rehearsal for Plaza Suite. So we only had him for so long. And so we were fighting the clock. And so we didn't get that second series of shots. And oh, one day, I think it was the same clock you were fighting, Andrea. You were fighting the clock as well. Yeah, we had we had to shoot it in the evening because that's how it was written. And uh, uh, yeah, everyone's schedules. So we went, we all we tra- tra- traipsed up to Bob's place up uh, in Westchester. And, Bob, you uh, mean Bruce? Bruce. Bruce, I'm sorry. It, the actor's the, name is Bruce the, Sabbath, the everyone. Character, the character's the name character is Bob, played, which is similar yeah, to I, my name. Right. <laughs> the character Bob, played by Bruce Sabbath, who was, he actually went on as Tevya in the Yiddish Fiddler, the, this latest one. I don't know if you guys were following in the chat the night of the performance, but there was one point where I said, I have to change my name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just humiliated. <laughs> Andrea and Glenn, as directors, what are the skills that you use in theater that you bring to film? And what are the things that you have to think of differently? If you were advising a director, a theater director who wanted to try this, what would you warn them about? What would you tell them to to bring with them? I think the things that, should I go? I'm sorry, you can go. No, 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 you. Oh, okay. Things, obviously working with an actor, you know, that's the same in terms of intention. We had, we had a rehearsal on Zoom and we, Gave notes, you know, like a normal rehearsal, and and then in the room, I had to be there on on book and feeding Bruce Alexa's lines. So that was funny because I was also, you know, turning lights on and off and and working with Carly with the placement of the different iPhones and, and so we were Carly and I were also the crew. You know, we were there. I mean, green screen. And what I would say in terms of pitfalls, perhaps, is what I think what Carly and I did with with the first shoot, which was with Bruce. We really went through every moment. She did a shot list, and then I started putting the shot list in the script because that's the way I, I think, you know. Like, and then that led to stage directions. It was really collaborative because 
it was written that Alexa was just sitting on the desk, but Carly put Alexa on the other side of the room, which was like a light bulb. Oh, he can get up, he can go to her. And then, then we thought, oh, we can see her turning upside down. And, you know, it just one thing led to another. It was so, so much fun that way because- My, uh, favorite, my favorite line, were you just looking at my bottom? Yeah, we had, you know, Bruce was, Bruce held, held it upside down. So we, yeah. Andrea, hearing you, yeah, I was just gonna say, hearing you describe it this way, it really strikes me that like we both trained as choreographers, and I feel like yes. you could totally see it in the way we thought this through, and like, yeah, like, totally clicked for us when we started thinking about movement. Just funny. Yes, well, that to me cracked everything open when you put Alexa on the other side of the room on the shelf. The minute I saw that she's on the shelf, then then there was all this movement, and yeah, yeah and that that made it so much more interesting and yes i think you're right the fact that we're both choreographers and 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 have that dance background but i would i would say to the director is really go through line by line and think about what's important and how we want to see it and make sure you know like you said like joe said you get enough coverage i have we had two iphones uh we didn't do as much with brenda and that that some things fell through the cracks because it was a short thing. And I think both of us thought, oh, we've got this, you know, we know what we want. And we didn't really, really, really fine tune it and have a specific list. And, and well, the rest uh, of us didn't, couldn't, that couldn't know that. Short, huh? The, the finished product was, was terrific. We, we, we wouldn't, we didn't know that, that you, that you had more in mind than, than, than we saw in the final. It, it, it seemed, Pretty tight, which which brings that, me to Joe. That's actually, that's the benefit of having an excellent editor. Yes. Joe. Joe. So, 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 Joe, you talk about the process for you. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not. Where Where do you start with this process for me? I kind of was on the the sidelines, kind of watching the whole thing as they went through it, just kind of keeping an eye on. It. And then once I got everything, for me, the process is laying it all out, just the rough version, and then you just whittle it down until there's just no until it's just airtight with between you know every story beat there's no I like a really lean edit really like you know there's no fluff there's you're not waiting for someone to say their next line I think it kind of especially in this kind of venue where it's so easy for people to click away to look at their emails or you know you want to keep this action moving so that was for me it was lay it all out and go okay it was plenty of air here, cut that out, cut this here. Maybe this dialogue starts a little under this one so that we kind of keep that moving. Maybe you slide a little bit of somebody's visual over somebody else's, just kind of to give the eye and the ear always something to to be doing, right? Something to listen to or something to see that kind of keeps everything going. So that was it for me. It was, was really just, uh, I, had to, I had to keep kind of cutting that down from wherever we started, 12 minutes to down to, 10 minutes and I do apologize we went over seven seven seconds sorry no but Joe you were involved with the meetings we with our creative meetings you had a lot of input in terms of the storytelling and I like, did mm-hmm. I did bloviate quite a bit during the meetings I yeah. story. do you say bloviate uh, <laughs> no <laughs> no it's all the word you'll hear all a lot it was really about the story and Janelle Janelle as well. You know, there were some issues, some sensitivities, 
that we were concerned about and we were we were all thinking about that we were all plugged into it you weren't you weren't just on the side sidelines for that process as far as i was concerned so i want to i'm going to return to, to glenn for, uh, for a second for more than a second because you actually you were in some ways your own director of photography weren't you pretty much well he danny had a iphone 12 i believe 12 or 13 and i heard 13. I think 13, yeah, I think you're right. And so we we used this computer as sort of the control room so I could see what he was doing and put the camera above it and we lit the background and we lit him. And, and we knew just once we had him the way we wanted to see him, we could move him and put him where we wanted to put him. Although we did have a problem because we, we shot in two different locations. The first location was a friend of his that he thought was going to have much more room and it turned out it wasn't much more room. <laughs> and so we had to shoot in the kitchen that we had a wall and so we, we were shooting through there. So we had this hard line that we had to eliminate. And then his friend came in later and said, you're still here and kicked him out. You know, we got kicked out. And so we had to pick up at his place the next day. And it's so much more room. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? We should have shot the whole thing here in the first place. But with Jens, we, we did all sort of things to, to, to hide that. And I don't, th I don't think anyone noticed it or not. Maybe you did. If, yeah. But well, there's some more basic things that, that I'd like you to talk about. You, you said you shot in black and white. You, sh you shot Danny in black and white. You had color imagery throughout. throughout the, you didn't shoot Danny in black and white? No, we didn't shoot. No, we we converted it to black. And oh, converted. Okay. Well, yeah, but all I'm saying, I'm, forgive me, I'm not being technical. I'm just saying that you gave the impression that the, the film was in black and white, and it wasn't. His part was in black and white, and the outside shots, the exterior shots, were all color. And I, and I did all of that photography. Yeah. So talk about that. Well, it it was if you saw the story or didn't see the story, it was about a driving ed, driver's ed teacher who was also the designated one of the designated teachers to carry a gun uh, on at a high school, and and so I didn't want to just put put him on a course somewhere, make it look like you know little cars driving slowly around, and because that was one choice, but he kept the the writer put in the line respect the weapon you're wielding and the first thing because he tells the kids the gun is a, a car is like a weapon and so when he said that it's like hmm i think the route i want to go is cars are moving fast we're going to go the opposite way because it is dangerous and i live right here by the fdr and and there is i live right at where the park is here on, on the east side where the mayor's office is mayor's home and there's a hill that has a grate on the top of it and you can see down into the FDR. And so I'm able to shoot down and see the cars going by above. And I figured all of the things with the cars should be in color. Just so as to, to juxtapose what's going on in his head because everything was moving so fast. He's a good guy that's all of a sudden caught, caught in this situation. So I wanted it to be dangerous because cars move dangerous. And also, this is also what's going on inside his head. He's a good guy that caught up, got caught up in a situation that he could not and probably would not ever get out of, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. So the the, the thing that I, the thing that, that impresses me is the fact. Well, there are a couple of things. I, you had said in in another conversation that you shot everything through bars. Yes. So talk a little bit about that as well. Well, since our interrogation room was you know just the light and the black the back wall, 
what is this guy fearing? He's fearing going to jail for the rest of his life. And like he said, I'm, I'm just a driver's ed teacher for God's sake. But this is this could have been his future. So even there's one spot also by the FDR where it goes along ground level and there's bars there and I shot through the bars. And that was the only time I shot the cars not going fast. They were going in slow motion. And so I shot through bars there shooting through the grading was another form of, of bars and even when i used looked at the high school which is actually my gym looks like a high school i shot through the gates so that also looked like bars and i i just wanted to put him in that situation that jail could be his future i'm going to turn to you for a second even because you have a broad overview of, of all seven plays we had seven pieces we're able today to talk about three of them. Am I, that's, that's right. It's Obstacle. Slave Trade. And the first and, uh, Anti-Waxes, which was the opening number, and Obstacle. So let's talk about, even we are given a, a rule from Theater Authority that we can only shoot actors in their individual spaces and people have to be in their own, in their own spaces when, when we're shooting them. We didn't we we stretched that a, li a little. We could talk about Bob Cuccioli because Bob made a decision to use non-union actors and so he could shoot in a theater. So let's start with the, this, the piece that had, that was actually shot like a film. And let's move through some of the other pieces, if you can even, and tell us what the different artistic choices were. Like, I know people are interested to know when people were shot in their in individual spaces and then combined or, or when they were actually in rooms together. Right. So Bob's piece was He's Blown Away, which is with the, the two young boys and the young Asian female. And basically, he treated it very much like a film, as, as did the, I mean, it was still shot on an iPhone, but there was a lot of moving of the camera, walking around the actor, the actor. So it, it became a dance, actually, between what the camera did and what the actors did. And doing it was also the that was a technologist that was one person's Mitzgatten who did that. Oh, sorry, no, he wrote it. He's Brian Lawton. Brian Lawton. Brian Lawton. And and basically he decided because Bob and Brian knew each other from before that this was how, how it was going to be. And for Bob, it was really really important to show something that looked like that gym environment. It ended up actually being a stage, right? but something that, that looked like it could have been in a high school. The other extreme for that one really is Every Creeping Thing, which really was really followed, followed the, the theater authority rules. Every actor was in their own space and everything had to be combined. Luckily for us, the, play, the piece was about a Zoom call, but talk about what, what was done beyond just the Zoom call and how, how that was sort of beefed up a right little. in 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 order to do something like every creepy thing and and we did more of that last year but uh, in every creepy thing it was uh, each of the five actors was filmed separately they were filmed on a green screen and they were basically put together in the computer by the editor who also happened to be the director of photography henry garou and basically henry has massive experience in doing this because that's his business in, in real life. And he did a lot of editing, not using standard tools, but tools that have been used for film and, and uh, station, stadion displays. So he did what's called compositing. He built the environment they were in. He found backgrounds that he put on the green screen behind them and he made them move in order 
to make them feel like they were in uh, this uh, Zoom environment, which he totally created. It wasn't Zoom. It was a film that looked like it was a Zoom. And, and let's see, trying to think with, with, what are we forgetting? We're leaving out some. We also oh, only, have only, uh, only, uh, only, black only Black and Cold, and cold Bread. bread. Yeah. Those did, so you had directors who started off with sh with uh, shot lists. Then they then they start with. Well, let's talk about that because that was that was Cold Bread. That was Rain Pryor. She was the director on that, and she was very early on creative and saying, "I want this to be filmed as a film." But I have very specific, and she had literally two and a half page that most people it's one big monologue and could be very difficult to visualize but she had some great idea about this was a woman walking into this fertility clinic that you know where she's talking to her, her embryo uh, who happens to have a white dad and this was a black woman talking and it, it's talking about racism so right rain knew what she wanted what she didn't get early on was an editor technologies that she couldn't work with that knew how to do the compositing that was needed for that. And it took a little while to find her one. We ended up with, with Espy, who is really a sound editor and but has some enormously interesting takes on how things could look. And one of her key points was to do projections on top of people. So I the opposite in a way than having a green screen. And that was incorporated into to that piece. It, it was, it, Rain ended up being quite happy with that piece, but she's like, I wish I had more time. But I think that is also true for Katie and uh, several others. <laughs> the time, um, the, issue, last the, one the time was, issue came in because, because it was difficult to cast. So people got their, their actors very late. And it was also difficult to, for us to make matches with technologists this year. We will... You know, I'll try this. I'm going to try this again next year. I think I like. I love. I love this whole process, and I love doing these benefits like this. But we'll see. My board, my my board may not want to. The last one was was only black, and again, that was a director who probably I'm I'm going to say because of that was Ben Hardy. He also was lacking from getting an actor well in time. And he ended up with an actor that we should all know from TV, Guy Whitlock, who Ben knew personally. And therefore, Ben felt confident that Guy could have his wife film him. So all the filming that was done of, why, of Guy was done by his wife. But we also faced some issue with an upcoming surgery. that It had to be filmed within a certain space, time frame. It turned out the whole thing about lighting and... Uh, Making sure, for instance, that like black, when you're a black person, and I'm sure that theater people know this as well as, as film people should know, it needs different color, you need different lighting on, on different skin tones, right, Glenn? <laughs> you know, so it, it, that piece lacked a little bit from that, that it, it basically didn't get lit enough. We, again, it was a piece that was put together because we had to do with what we had. It's same thing with the audio. The audio was on on that piece was also kind of funky in between. And you could hear that in the editing when you have something that's been filmed over like four days and the audio, the microphone is placed in different locations and 
the room hasn't been padded because one of that one was not filmed on green screen. It was just in the room. It, it was not that there's anything, you know, it was in the room. But, um, basically, the post-editing of trying to edit the audio without losing the action on the video itself visually was, was interesting. And for that one, again, initially... Ben thought that, and Guy had all, a guy had offered to edit his this piece himself. He halfway through he gave up and said, "I can't do this. I don't know how to do this." <laughs> and I think that is one of the key. Who wound up editing Black? Sorry, who wound up editing? Well, uh, most of the editing was done by a guy that I found through Eric, and thank you for that, Eric. There was a time midway through this process where I was literally emailing every day to three or four different potential editors just to get them to sign up and do this and step in. And Martin Cornelis, uh, who is a sound guy, and therefore giving him this piece where there's a lot of sound issue was kind of a challenge for him. Uh, <laughs> and Carly's nodding because she knows that from Game Boy last year. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like audio is the one place that like we still have bounds to go in. Like that's some, just all of these roles in film are done by separate people. But like audio is an entire person that's just focused on getting audio with like hundreds of dollars worth of equipment. And we're like, not there. iPhones are okay, but it's just one of those things. Yeah, we had Brenda sitting in her closet and you could see she was on Zoom because we were working with Bruce. And you could see you know, the clothes hanging over her head. Yeah. Her Which room. is really good because it, it yeah. muffles the, yes. all the extra room sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's like a thing you do, you go, do you have blankets you can just put on the floor to absorb sound? Like if they're not in the mm-hmm. image. Like pillows. Pillows. Uh, go in your closet, record in the smallest room you can. Like it's very, the things we've done are very. Hey, yeah. could, we, could we come up with a checklist for people? Um, oh, we will. Why don't we do it and, and, all, and offer it to all the people that come to, to the community gathering? I, I need to know something. Our our sound was fine, but on the show itself, our our music dropped out. All of our music yes. dropped out. And, well, and th- do we know what happened there? Yes, I think we I do. I didn't even know there was I, music. I, oh, yeah. It, I mean, there was music at the top and the bottom, but there was music throughout, which my brother did. And... <laughs> So he's a little upset, <laughs> but I'm the oldest, so it's okay. Yeah, what what happened? I'm just joking. He really wasn't. But what 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 happened? Where was the, the other music challenge? Used? Sorry, I'm sorry. Where was the music used? Well, there's the biggest spot for music is when uh, Danny's character is talking about the uh, engaging the kid with the gun, and that the moving background and the color behind him and the cars is zooming. There was some really erratic music that went with that. And all of that dropped out during the benefit. I, okay, so I, this is the first time I knew that there was music. Glenn, I don't think anybody knew that it wasn't there. I don't. I don't. So I did, <laughs> but, but but I don't think I don't think it was to its. To I understand. Its I understand what you're saying, and I appreciate that. And that's that's credit given to the writer and to the actor. They they both pulled that off beautifully. So it was so it was on the recorded video, but then yes. somehow during the broadcast exactly stream it, it dropped out yeah. Yeah. zoom problem i don't know but you know i just never got an answer to what actually happened 
anti-vaxxers had a little bit of that too. I think it's just, even can probably speak to it, but streaming is its own technical part of this that absolutely even knows a lot more about that we again did not have enough time to do proper tech for the streaming itself and this is one thing that if we actually instead of focusing on the transitions which we did do and thank you for Janelle to sit through all of that and pretend to be all the live people when we ran the tech ideally we should be able to run the event two or three times in advance of that before yeah. we actually sit there and do the streaming. And some of these pieces were delivered so late mm-hmm. or were changed and then re-delivered that it basically messed up the whole setting up of the event. Yeah. I mean, even it was very, very close to perfect. Like I yeah. hats yeah. off to you just like yeah. just yeah. enjoyable to watch, right? Like in yeah. the end. I'm not even you know me. I'm not complaining. I just wanted to know what happened. Well, maybe you'll take that conversation off camera. <laughs> so I, I, I want to invite everybody in the room to to ask questions. Is there anything else that you want to know? If if you were deciding to, to actually go out and do something like this, do a, a, a video presentation of a, of a play, what would you need to know that, that we, we haven't talked about today? We're at six. We're at six thirty three. So we've 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 done our hour, but I want to leave a little bit of Q&A open. Does everybody know how to... Oh, yes, Donald, this was a fundraising gala, correct? Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. Did we, did we make our, do you mean did we make our numbers? We, we made a little less than we made last year, but we, we, you know, we, made, we did well enough to, to keep running. So we're, we're, we're not closing yet. We ain't down yet. Anybody have any, any questions about, about the event, about, about the how to, I mean, I, I like these things to be useful information. It's not just anecdotal, but things that you actually can go, oh, that's how you did that. So let's see if I can figure out how to do it myself. Is that it, everyone? No, no other questions? You're, you're all speechless? All right. So I'm going to say thank you to everybody for being with us today. Thank you, Glenn, Eben, Carly, Andrea, and Joe. I appreciate your being here for the conversation. Thank you. And Eben, I, I apologize that you weren't announced in advance. Uh, you were on the website though, and you were in the and you were in the press release. So some people knew you were here, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. So thanks, and Andrea and Joe. Joe, you were a man of so many talents. It's just unbelievable. Joe Nelms. If you need anything done, ask Joe. If he doesn't know how to do it, he'll read up, up, up read up on it and, and do it for you. It's a, he's that kind of guy. Um, Happy to help. Let me know. Yeah. Thank you for doing this, Bob. This is a lot of fun. I learned from everyone else, from all the technologists and all the and the other director and whatnot, and everybody. We we, you know, we have these challenges, and we do something about making them art. Well, and, the, the uh, practical, the little practical points, the details that that I'm that I'm interested in are setting up the frame, getting people framed framed well, thinking thinking in terms of your shots. I mean, the talking heads and frames, we're having conversations right now about our play reading series and, and everybody's like gasping at the idea of doing talking heads and frames. But if you think of the fact that you have straight ahead, you have close, you have far away, you can turn, you can turn that way. I mean, you can make something of the talking heads and frames if, if you actually have a plan. If you sit down and do a shot list and say, this is this is how I want it to happen. You can give some sense of movement to it, even if it's just... A, a play reading. We weren't doing play readings. We were actually doing productions of these pieces. 
so uh, that's a little different. But the some of the specifics of of the lighting, the, uh, how to adjust the lighting, the the virtual backgrounds. I want to make sure everybody you know checklists checks off all of these things. Virtual backgrounds makes it makes a huge difference if everybody can be against the, the same virtual background or if you can create neutral virtual backgrounds and have somebody who's good at editing and and bring in back, backgrounds that are uniform because even if you if i give you the background not like i have right now if i give it to you it will look a little different on your camera and it'll look a little different on somebody else's camera but if you have green screen and then somebody puts the background up against against where you're you're photographing yourself everybody will look like they're in the same place I mean, it is possible. There are things that can be done that, that fascinate me about virtual. I mean, I'm, I was the last one to come into virtual and I'm the last one to leave now. Um, you know, I think it would be cool, Bob, if you don't mind me just interjecting here. When you get, when you return to being live, it might be cool to have one or two of these just to, you know, look back at what, I'm not saying to do, the, the, to, to replay some of the old ones, but maybe do some new ones as well. I'd like to. I like yeah. this. I like, I like, I like the medium. I like the medium a lot. Yeah, so um, do I. So, so you can uh, reach to, more people. Yeah, and we reach more people. I mean, the, the reason I love the virtual is because I have people from London, I have people from Australia, I have people from Barcelona and, and California, and it, it makes a big difference. It's, it's, it kind of has changed our identity. And I've made yeah. good friends. Even and I are really good friends. We chat even between times. And so I, I really thank you for that because we've become very good friends. I think we all have. So yeah. yeah, thank you all. Thank you, my friends, for being with me today. And the usual reminder: we do this for free. If you if you don't if you don't feel like you can afford, we want you here anyway. But if you can pay something, it's true donate tru donate com. It helps keep us going. I mean, basically. <laughs> We got we got to pay bills. We have to, we have a staff. We have have things to do. And if we're going to go live, live triples my expenses. That's the other thing I have to say. It's I'm gonna the I have to get find space a space for the play reading series. It's going to cost me twelve to fifteen hundred dollars a performance. And there's all sorts of other things involved as well. So truedonate.com. If you can come and help us out a little bit, I'd really appreciate it. And Send an email to me, trunltd at aol.com, trunltd at aol.com. Say Zoom me in, in the headline and we'll go. We'll send you invitations every week and you can come be part of the room. That's it. That's all, folks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. We need to talk about something. We need to talk about something. We need to talk about anything at all. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business, spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. 
Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Electric Acid. 